fuck this. <laughs> it was after it was after my contractual hours. I fulfilled all of my duties. I left work, and I went to the bar. I sat on the porch waiting for the bar to open because I got there like 20 minutes early. I'm like, I'm not driving 45 minutes back wow. to my house to wait for this bar to open. I'm just going to sit here for 20 minutes. Thinking about your life's decisions. Thinking about my life's decisions <laughs> like Kermit with a cup of tea. <laughs> Some cocktails in front of us, and we are ready to talk about a movie that one of us who shall... Well, no, it's Mike. Mike <laughs> hasn't seen the movie, and we weren't going to let him go through life without knowing what in the world the gloriousness of Ghostbusters is. So we got him to, to watch Ghostbusters, and uh, Sean picked the beverage for today, so I'm going to let him describe it as I look at it. <laughs> well, first I have to say number a couple of things. Number one, if you heard some beeping in the background, that's just my insulin pump, sorry. And uh, number two, I had to really refrain myself from slapping Mike full in the face when he told us he has never seen this movie. Sean actually wound up. Like, I, I was ready. Almost. Yeah. But, uh, you know, cooler heads prevailed. Mike decided to see the movie and has hopefully changed his life. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to go as far as saying I decided to see the movie as much as I <laughs> was were told. I was strongly advised to see the movie. Yeah, that's a better way. Yeah. thought that would be wise. In the best Soviet way. Yeah. So, I actually cut out some letters from magazines and was like, if you want to be my friend, you must watch. I don't care if you like it or not. I got those. I couldn't, you know, because of the, the magazine, I couldn't tell the handwriting, so I had no idea. But he's out of himself. So I found online uh, in a very quick Google search, Ghostbusters cocktail. And the first thing that came up looked like a Ghostbuster cocktail. So I said, that looks good. Basically, it's uh, melon liqueur. Uh, it's supposed to be peach schnapps, but we're going to try it with triple sec. And um, you're supposed to dribble, you know, you mix that together and then you dribble some Baileys or some equivalent into it to make like a ghostly shadow. But really, it just looks like somebody hocked a chocolatey loogie into our drink <laughs> yeah. or has, like, brown jizz. Yeah. Somebody finished early. It yeah. is just... Oh, the bell's back! Yeah. That was right. fast today. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> so I don't know if we oh, should, like, oh. whip them around a little bit, maybe, to mix in the ghost. Whip them around a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> just, man, it's sub two minutes, and we've done it. Wow. Uh, well, I'm worried about spilling mine, so I'm going to oh, drink a little call. bit first. Yeah. And then All right. I'll start the high C or whatever that you just said is that that like are you talking about that can that you used to open like with the can opener and oh they definitely that, sold that it that size but okay. you could get it in the um, little lunch size ones too yeah. alright I'm gonna look up a picture of it yeah you never had ecto cooler uh, no you know we what did what the a... fuck <laughs> Jesus <laughs> We did a little bit, and uh, you know, I don't know. That was that was uh, it wasn't a big one in our house though. We always had a lot of other horrible shit like Kool Aid, which is just cups upon cups of sugar in water. Yeah, well, high C. Yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah, Yeah, you can get it in the can. Okay. And uh, they got it. There's the can picture actually. Slimer. If your family bought uh, (laughs) at Sam's Club. And wanted the nine pounds of it. I think it looks only... exactly the same in it these does. pictures. It really it looks does. like okay. uh, Ecto Cool. I think the sure. only time I had that was at like birthday parties, and I think yeah. that's why I'm familiar with the can. <laughs> that makes sense because when you need to placate a dozen children clamoring for sugar water, yeah, that's what you do. That'll Indeed. work. <laughs> or you just give them one of these drinks and they'll fall asleep pretty quick. Yeah, quick. Night. That'll take care of it. Not that we condone drugging your children. But Unless you're giving parents, them Benadryl on an airplane. That's, that's <laughs> something else altogether. As parents, we all understand what it is to have children. That's right. Mm-hmm. We sympathize. Mm-hmm. And fantasize. Mm. <laughs> oh, this drink is great. <laughs> all right. I can't swivel it. It's sat down at the bottom now, the little shot of Bailey's. Yeah, yeah. mine almost looks like a little jellyfish hiding down there. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that thing's all, alive. It's like fuzzy I, yeah. and kind of moving around. It looks like one of the creatures in the last book we reviewed. I'm wondering if that's going to be, like, is that going to actually have substance? Is that going to be all chunky by the time I get to the bottom of this drink? Did we do well, this wrong? Is this supposed to be like a car bomb a where we nervous. just chug the hell out of it? Well, that sickly sweet drink is done for me. We're, yeah, before we get to the uh, meat and potatoes of the show, do you want to re-up with something, or you want to set? I heard tales of beer at the Adam household. You like darker beer, right? I do. You prefer non-hoppy darker beer? Non-hoppy dark beer. Adam, I'll take one, too, if you can spare one. That would be great. Square to spare. Can't see myself drinking too many of these. No! No, that was an experimental... uh, 
to say we had something theme related. Yeah, no, it looks really cool. And and one or two of these would would also be fine. But um, mm. <laughs> I feel like this is you have too many of those, your stomach's gonna start feeling like someone stabbed you. Yeah, if you really enjoy sweet drinks, you'd probably enjoy it. You know, I know a lot of people. A, a friend of mine, he's really he won't drink anything that isn't like super sugary. Did you say? These are whale. Ooh, brown I, I have had this one. Before. I love those people. Yeah. Shout out to Community Beer Works. Nice. If you somehow listen, awesome people. Good beer. If you're ever looking for some, you know, sponsorship opportunities, get your name out there. Mm-hmm. Because God knows our podcast, the reach yeah. of this podcast is global. Yes. Uh, it is literally global. It is. And also in the hundreds of listens. Mm. Yes, I like that vague, <laughs> the vague way you uh, said that. Over 450 downloads. Mm. But less than 40,000. Yeah. Somewhere right. in that range, though, we are reaching people as far away as Belgium mm-hmm. and Bangladesh. Uh, there's some friends in California. California. And Iowa. Iowa. Yes. I believe the new Ghostbusters movie, I think, is set in Iowa. Look at that transition. I think I it think. is. Yeah. Afterlife, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Somewhere out there in the Midwest. And I believe it's Iowa. I could be wrong. It's not out yet, obviously, but. Yeah. Which, that could be a watch we do. We could do mm. a watch together. and uh, Absolutely. Well, do we have to subject Mike to Ghostbusters 2 first? Well, let's let's get the premise and lay down the tracks of Ghostbusters 1 and see how he feels first before we force him into a second movie so if there, he didn't like good it. Call. There's Ghost, just so I know what I'm in for here, there's Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was, wasn't there an all-female cast Ghostbusters? We will never speak of that one. We will not speak hey, of that one. Hey, I did mm-hmm. not like it. It I fell asleep. It was so bad. It was a tepid endorsement. It's terrible. I get the sense that that passes for a positive review as far as this movie goes, though. I I have nothing against it. Three and a half out of five. Okay. Okay. That still. The the concept of an all female Ghostbuster team, all female Ghostbuster team, sounds fantastic. And I'm all on board. The cast was awesome. Yep. The story, the way it all came together, was all shit. Absolute, 100% unadulterated, unfiltered shit hmm. it sucked it was a waste of talent it was a waste of pulling that. bill murray back into the ghostbusters franchise what a fucking waste that could be a whole right. separate subcast i if i remember hearing right leslie jones was supposed to be a writer and then wasn't i don't know and for i sure. think she would have been great like if yeah. those three women were also writers yeah that would have been great I think the largest problem was the director. I can't remember his name, but I remember and that's why. reading about him being a big part of the problem. Yeah, Scorsese, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. no. De Niro did not make to an be appearance. Shot like a Kurosawa revenge film, right? Oh, so, really. now that would have been cool. Yeah. Anyway, so right. we're not going we'll to speak of that. It's it. not in the timeline right. that we're and, now. And there is uh, now. Is, does that cover the existing canon? And now there's a new one coming out. Well, wait a minute. There are the real Ghostbusters animated show. Which was on in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Which I remember watching, actually. Same here. And it, it follows the adventures of the original Ghostbusters cast, although, oddly, Egon is a blonde. And I can't understand because, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Egon, sadly not with us oh, anymore. Yeah. Uh, I just was reading so much about Ghostbusters and somehow I don't Harold Ramis, his name. sorry. Yeah, yeah, Harold Ramis is not a blonde. And, yep. a but anyway. On the film. Yeah, but they, they did that cartoon, and there was another cartoon called The Ghostbusters, which had absolutely nothing to do with the franchise, which is why that had to be called The Real Ghostbusters. But it's not really canon, so I guess we don't have to speak about it. Yeah. Okay. And then there was a reboot, which actually had a really diverse cast. It had a girl, uh, a female lead Ghostbuster. It had a gentleman in a wheelchair. This is the cartoon? Yeah, this is another cartoon. Was it the one with the monkey? This was, ooh, I think so. That's not the reboot. That was the parallel one. That wasn't actually the Ghostbusters. This was like early two thousands, mm. so maybe it's a different one. It but must be. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of franchise here, and in fact, just to kind of lay down some background, so nineteen eighty four, uh, it's ninety seven percent fresh from Rotten Tomato. People fucking love this film. Oh yeah. <laughs> they will fight over this movie. Written by Dan Aykroyd. And Harold Ramis. And Harold Ramis. Well, Aykroyd had the original premise for mm-hmm. the film. was supposed to be set in the future where Ghostbusters were like firefighters, hence the use of the firehouse. Mm-hmm. And they were all over in parallel universes all over Earth fighting ghosts at the same time. Mm-hmm. When he originally pitched the film to um, Columbia... They're like, um, yeah, that's like $300 million in 1984 film. That's not happening. So 
he and Ramus got together and in three weeks pared down the script. And the only reason why it got shot from Columbia's standpoint is that they promised to do it in $30 million and in 12 months. They had a wow. hard open yeah. of 12 months. And the special effects, everything from the rewrite of the script, 12 months finished. Wow. Uh, it opened as promised for $30 million, and it is Columbia's highest grossing film, period, when you account for inflation. Yep. Damn. And it was the number one comedy film. This is from the lightning round. I'm stealing from a little bit later. Okay. Any, so I'm going to get this right. Go you're going to get this right. <laughs> Any guesses as to what movie dethroned 1984's Ghostbusters as the highest grossing uh, comedic film? Highest grossing comedic film. It's got a child actor that doesn't look great now. Child actor? Oh, Home Alone? It was Home Alone. Oh, wow. Home okay. Alone dethroned it as the wow. highest rating comedy. I'm not sure what it is now, but obviously. Well, as far as I'm concerned, this is like top five, if not top three, movies of all time. Bar none. It is solid from start to finish. Everything is perfectly written in this movie. All the dialogue is perfectly delivered. The acting is spot on. There are no weak points. There are no plot holes. There is nothing in this movie that is wasted. It's like Back to the Future and how tight the narrative is. It is fucking fantastic. I'm waiting for Mike and his response because this was his first <laughs> his first experience. So I want to give the man some floor space. Well, uh, a couple of a couple of things first, um, Sean. I want to compliment you on your Ghostbusters shirt, which I yeah. just noticed here within the last couple of minutes. Thank you. I have to wear it once in a while. Um, that was a good choice for the evening. And uh, second of all, I want to agree with you on Back to the Future uh, yeah. being a perfect film. The first one. Yes. The second one I rewatched recently, and I was I was I hadn't seen it in a while, and I always remembered it fondly, and I was a little disappointed. It, it's yeah. not as good as I remembered, but it's still good. The first movie is the only one that stands alone. Yeah. The rest of them, you have to take the whole thing as a trilogy. Yeah, absolutely, and they're just fun. Yeah. You know, they're they're just especially fun. especially when you get to the third one, you just have to take it as. But a, but um, and I, and that's where I was going to complete my train of thought here with with the third one by saying I had not seen that one in a while either, and I remembered it very like I I didn't have a positive feeling about it overall, and I was I it, I liked it better than I remembered. Okay. So I mean I, I don't know I don't know it's interesting the second and third one like the way I remember them versus the way I see them recently, but the first one perfect uh, perfect movie yeah. beginning to end but it's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about Ghostbusters it was fine I mean <laughs> <laughs> Sean looks like he got kicked in the balls it was good I mean I was entertained for 90 minutes or so <laughs> I, Sean's taking a deep breath. I'm on. getting ready to hop out of my seat in a second here if I have to. Adam <laughs> had to put I'm, his baseball bats away. I'm watching. Yeah, well, which which, which hand do you, if if you were, you know, swinging on a, a, a punching bag or something, what hand would you use, I'm Sean? I'm having a Okay, all right. So uh, I got to watch both arms then. <laughs> and unfortunately, Mike always sits next to Sean. Oh, record, man. So I think we've, we've had some the role, danger zone. There are some role reversals here. Mike's yeah. always been on the out on this. I've always been the hater. It's Mike's turn, yeah. You've always been the guy who's kind of like, I don't really know as much as you guys know about this. Yep. Now Mike sits in that chair times two, and he's going to get heaped on big time. But I am. I want to clarify that I'm not <laughs> not being a hater. I enjoyed the movie. Mm. I, uh, I would not put it in my top three to five comedies of all time. Certainly would not put it in my top three to five movies, period, of all time. I wouldn't be that for me either. <laughs> all right, I, I, but I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> I was entertained, you know, okay. for, yeah. for, uh, for whatever it was. An hour and a half. It was an hour and a half well spent. I'll give it that. That's my my review. All right, you got lucky there. I'm still getting ready to run if, if necessary. <laughs> so, I guess I'll be the the median here and say like I loved it as a kid. I had all the toys. I had the backpack. I had the little um, trap you could slide out and yeah. stomp on. The and the little <laughs> puff of air would push open the doors. Yeah. Um, watched all the con the cartoons as I said. Um, like recently got to see a version of the Ecto One in person. Mm. Loved it. Um, such you know, a cool car. It's such a cool car. Um, and another interesting fact, they only had one for the production. Yeah. And it broke down as it was crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. And they're like, thank God we got all the shots done. Because <laughs> yeah. that shit's done. Damn. Wow. Yep. Is it, that was a Cadillac hearse. 
It's a Cadillac Curse. It was a 50 Cadillac Curse. And they're like, this wow. is a fucking hoopty falling apart right now. I love the lines when Ray's like, oh, it just needs this, 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 yeah. a little bit of this, and that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Nabil Murray says, interrupts him and says something else. And then he, Dan Aykroyd goes back into, like, <laughs> listing all the things that it needs to get fixed up on. And, mm-hmm. No, it, it was a good movie. I was entertained by it. I think the difference, you know, between, you know, maybe your guys' opinion of it and mine is that, like, I just saw it too late. I didn't grow. Yeah, it could be. I, honestly, I didn't grow yeah. up with it. I didn't see it in the era when it really shined. Um, I didn't like. You know, I've never. It's not a movie I've talked to other people about. You know, you start saying lines to movies, and it helps you like kind of feed your appreciation. And you know, to see it now in my late thirties for the first time in twenty twenty one, you know, that's not gonna resonate the same way that and a feat yeah. in itself getting through 30 years plus <laughs> of never seeing Ghostbusters. you know as i consider myself like a real like film buff and it's you know it's shocking sometimes the movies that i have not seen well it's the same thing with books yeah like you can't I, see them all man. i yeah you can't see them all and right. i joke you can't read them all that's a great point i've never read you know i i teach literature i've never mm-hmm. read catcher in the rye never read Ooh. it not a single page of that it. is okay i have never <laughs> read moby dick and my Ooh. son has recently picked up the graphic novel and is reading it. And it's my younger son wow. who is reading it. And he loves going, this is probably the appeal, Daddy, I'm on page 10 of Moby Dick and you haven't ever read it. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. Yeah, that's, that's right. all I know about it. That's literally all I know. You know, that's, there's, so there's a great there's a great story somewhere in uh, Moby Dick. As someone who has read the book twice. <laughs> There's a great uh, story in there. Yeah. It's just that you also have to suffer through chapters upon yes. chapters of, like, how uh, life is on a whaling ship and, like, different scientific classifications of whales. Stuff that, like, you know, honestly, an editor just needed to come in and chop out. A 20th There's, century editor. Would that's be like, right. Nah, fuck well, you. This but that's, that's Victorian long. literature. Exactly. That's what they did. They yeah. just, it was, I think they got paid by the word. I saw I tell my students, do I hate Victorian literature? It's just, it's too flowery. Mm. His short stuff is actually way better, like Billy Budd. Hmm. And uh, uh, the one about the banker or whatever. There's a couple of short stories that Melville did that were excellent. He did some nonfiction too, yeah. which I haven't read, but I understand is is more uh, like tighter and more right. focused. More, more like Ghostbusters. Yeah, a tighter right. story, a, a tighter very tight stream. narrative. That's tighter right. <laughs> no exhibition is wasted. It's all. You like, notice so... how Ghostbusters did not go on for like 45 minutes at a time about like how the machines work. And... You know, well, so, you mentioned that. that. Yeah, go ahead. I go just. Ahead. I'm sorry if I'm cutting ahead of you, but I just talked about that today with my wife because we just watched it as a mm-hmm. little refresher, even. I can quote the whole damn thing beginning to end. <laughs> yep. um, like the part when they're in the in the uh, elevator, their first bust, and they're like, you know, it just reminds me, we've never really had a full uh, test of this equipment. Yeah. Goes, ah, switch me on. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm like right there. Yeah. They didn't need to explain it. They didn't need to tell. All you do is, oh, we just have unlicensed uh, positronic reactors on our back or nuclear reactors. Like, you know exactly what you need to know about how this right. whole thing yep. works. From some throwaway dialogue that almost feels ad lib in the right. elevator on the way up. That, almost uh, every line from Bill Murray was ad libbed. I he I've literally that, was yes. like, "I have a script." I suspected sure, that. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, but that's his best work. Yeah. If you think about it, these guys. When you go back to Stripes, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis had their their time together with that. The time with Dan Aykroyd on the original cast of uh, Saturday Night Live. Those guys had. They had something, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was like a bond through cocaine or whatever. Cocaine's yeah. <laughs> a hell of a drug. Oh, but yeah. seriously, there's there there was like that. They trusted Bill yeah. to do the job. Mm-hmm. That's why they hired him as the lead because they knew right. this guy's got the charm. He's got the the delivery, the sort of like dry, whatever. It's it's Bill Murray. Yeah. There's no other way of describing his legendary ability to just deliver a line. Right. Even when they didn't write the line, mm-hmm. you're like, well, he's got an idea of what he needs to do. It's fine. Bill Murray is a comedic god for this exact reason that you're describing. I, and I, I have, like, watched him carefully and tried to understand, like, what he does to deliver lines the way that he does. Because he could sit here right now, if he were at this table with us, and he could say something. I mean, he could read, like, the, the, the government warning on my beer can here. And it would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about Bill Murray that, you know... It, He's he's he doesn't make facial expressions. No. He does not inflect his voice. He's and just Bill Murray. Yet yeah. it's fucking hysterical. The scene that you know, I, I think about this every time I see Bill Murray, and the scene in this movie that really, you know, sort of reinforced that is when he first goes to um who's the actress? What, what Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, he, he goes to her apartment. And, you know, he's he's like 
behaving in this completely creepy and Huffing that wand, <laughs> which yes, is like, is, what the right? fuck is that wand? And like, she's clearly rejecting his yeah. advances yeah. and like, he's just like doubling down. He's behaving in the most like unsettlingly creepy manner mm-hmm. and it's fucking charming yes. and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then she threw me out. She didn't want to see me right. again. Yeah. You are so odd. That's great. I got it. That's classic <laughs> Bill Murray. Yeah. And he wasn't supposed to be Venkman. I actually, right this is the first time I finished something ahead of time. I did research <laughs> nice. and I took copious notes. Nice, I've got man. lots to say about the dialogue. Nope. You were saying like every line isn't a throwaway and it's like perfect. I thought so until I turned on captions. Ah. And then I was like, the motherfucker, what? <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, Jim Belushi was supposed to be Venkman. Oh, no shit. And then R.I.P. Jim Belushi. Right. Yeah, you know that Sliver was actually their tribute to Jim Belushi? Thanks. That was a lightning round question. Oh! Yes, yes oh. it was. Damn it. I know. You gotta go That's deeper funny. on those things, Adam. <laughs> I went, okay, I read a BuzzFeed list. That's research for me. Thanks. All right, all right. That's all right. Sorry. We'll get to it. Um, no, see, the thing I like about Murray is his delivery. Right. But his chemistry with the other two actors, mm. like Dan Aykroyd and Murray obviously knew each other through Saturday Night Live, and then Ramis and Murray through Stripes, right? So there's, like, that interaction. But, like, when you look at what they're actually saying at face value, like, that's where it appears more like a comedy to me. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the premise is kind of silly. And, okay, it's ridiculous that they get kicked out of their university and I love the fact that they're drinking on the steps of the university moments yeah. later. Like, I don't know if the cut from the director was, like, off or whatnot, but literally they get kicked out and they're drinking a bottle of, like, cognac VSP yeah. or something on well, the steps you know, there's there. there's an implication that time has passed. Sure. Yeah. That's not what it seemed like. But but I love that. And, like, I was looking through uh, some of the dialogue, like, when they go to the library. That's, like, the, the iconic scene for me. I know that Slimer comes in later. Yeah. And, like, my son's, like... My youngest son was like, when's Slimer coming? Once, because I watched it, took notes. No one wanted to watch it with me because I knew I was going to be stopping taking yeah, notes mm-hmm. and stopping taking notes. So even my wife didn't. That's that's her. impressive, Adam, that you did all that. And and that's I think he's our leader. We both yeah. had, we yeah. yeah he's, I have 25 pages of iPad he's, notes. He's the cat. 25? Holy shit. Well, I mean, my handwriting is so, like size 72. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I was going to say, though, that we both we both had some ground to make up after uh, the city that we became. And, <laughs> that's right. But I did, I don't, oh, I don't know that I made up that ground, but you no, obviously okay. clearly This did. was a new life experience <laughs> for you, so that's where we're kind that of relying a, That's on. right. That's right. I had enough to digest just watching the thing. Yeah, well, exactly. There's, you know, your personal reactions there's keeping up with the plot all and right stuff. okay so funny. i did my part I'll i couldn't you. do that because i watched it with my entire family who yeah. are all huge fans yeah. and like you're saying the library scene my son my nine-year-old son and i are quoting this thing left and right <laughs> that's and, impressive and he's like he's going like he's like oh symmetrical book stacking it's like the tungusta whatever i have that and no, i go yeah. you're right no human no being human. would ever yeah. snack <laughs> so the first line that caught me off guard when i had the um captions turned on was uh, Ackroyd saying they're walking in uh, to the library, the New York library, talking about, you know, phenomena. And he's like, I was present at an undersea, unexplained mass sponge migration. Yes. And then Murray, I don't know if it was ad-libbed or not, is like, they moved one foot. Yeah. <laughs> and the sponge migrated one in. foot. Yep. Yep. That's good. Well, there uh, were, there were, I say that, but like the final product, if there were some obviously parts where they had to dub something over. I mean, yeah. you could see it if you watch for it. It's yeah. there. But... The sum of its parts is so much greater than the whole. It's just, uh, and I, I could, I could wax poetic about. It. You said like the whole like they get kicked out of university and that. Well, who else is going to found a ghost busting team but a bunch of paranormal investigators who worked at a university, right? They have the, they set this up where you know Egon's brilliant, you know yeah. he knows what he's talking about, you know Ray is deeply into this stuff. I fucking love. Egon's calculators. Did you notice throughout the movie they mm. get progressively smaller? Yes. So they start off Stop like that. a normal Casio, yep. and then by the time they come back from the bank, he's working on like a little like one by one calculator, punching in mortgage rates right. as really? they walk out. Yeah, Ray, I hope you know that the interest rate for the first five years is ninety five thousand dollars. <laughs> you didn't even haggle. Yeah. Everyone's got. Everyone's three got three mortgages these days. Yeah. Best money ever spent. All right. So while I have issues with the dialogue. The fact that we can, like, come back to this. But maybe it's like Mike was saying. Like, we saw it at a time where we were more right. impressionable. I don't really geek out about films that I see as an adult. True. Like, I liked Avatar, but I don't quote Avatar all the fucking time. There are some movies, but you're right. I think you have to catch it at a certain age when you're just such a sponge and you're absorbing everything. Yeah. And Ghostbusters yeah. hit me. I was, 
I'll, I'll age myself here, but I was three when it came out theatrically, and I remember seeing it almost immediately when it was released at home, like on nice. film where my mom would <laughs> let me watch it, yeah. which now I'm looking back and going, wow, mom. But, yeah. Uh, you know, my, and like my kids, we told them when not to look kind of a thing so they wouldn't get scared, even though you look at it you now. You mean the like blowjob scene? Yeah, uh, well, I that, fast forward through that. See, when I was a kid, I never understood what was going on, so I just let my yeah. kids watch it. So I'm on. glad yeah. to hear you say that because I, I invited my five-year-old and my seven-year-old to join oh, me for sorry. the film. And I got I got really antsy for that scene, and then it occurred to me, I looked down at them, and they're just watching. They have no fucking no, idea. I had no clue. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. Oh, he's being haunted. Okay. And that's all I, I never thought, yeah. oh, he's getting a phantom blowjob here yeah. in his dreams. It's not even real. It's a dream. Right. He's got I a know, Napoleon a they just thought it. They just thought it was funny that he crossed job. his eyes. Like, yeah. They yeah. just thought that was a, that was a funny face, Daddy. Yes, and I'm like, exactly. That sure was. So yeah. I know I know that they're not they're not thinking <laughs> yeah. of it that way. But um, where's it going originally? So the fact that they're paranormal investigators, they get kicked yeah. out of the universe. The premise holds up. Egon is brilliant. We know that. We know that Ray's really into the extra paranormal stuff. And Venkman is just the salesman, the con guy. And I, I like that scene where he's testing the girl and the boy for ESP and he's okay, shocking them. Yeah. I mean, that tells you everything you need yeah. to know about him. Right. And yeah. I love how the guy, he's getting it. Like he's within yeah. a crowd yeah. or so. Three or right waves. Yeah. No, And sorry. the girl he's trying to bang. Oh, you are truly a phenomenon. Yeah. I <laughs> really enjoy thinking about character introductions yes. in movies. I love that. I've actually, I've taught that before where we've watched different scenes and we've been like, all right, let's hit pause. What does this tell you about the character? One of my favorite character introductions of all time uh, on this note is um, Jack Sparrow in the original mm. Pirates of the oh. Caribbean, where he's like heroically perched at the top of his ship, and as the camera zooms out, it's he's a tiny here. ship that's sinking, and yet he still gets there just in time and swaggers right yeah. off. Um, and you're right, this this introduction of Bill Murray's character was absolutely perfect. Um, right down to the way he's like actually like he's like are you cheating can you somehow see yes. these cards like he's like so transparent yeah. but it's working somehow on this this person and I, it's a great it's a great character introduction all of their introductions are really good um, yeah I mean like mold spores and fungus yeah like, under the table yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that Janine scene where oh. she's there like yeah. being introduced as being on screen like my first thought was why the fuck would you take this job? Right. Yes. It seems like a bunch of dudes who do a lot of cocaine right. just bought a firehouse <laughs> and are pay, paying you? Yeah, yeah. Paying She's you? funny, too, like I that. Worst jobs in this. And she's yeah. like, you know, people think I'm too intellectual, but I just think, why wouldn't you want to read? She's got that, like, Marissa oh, Tomei, yeah. like, yeah. Brooklyn. Do you, like, you must read a lot. Print is dead. <laughs> I know. I, read I all thought the about time. like 1984. Print is dead. <laughs> yeah. What a man well, ahead of his time. Egon is definitely yeah. ahead of his time. The death of the novel's been predicted for a long time. Yeah. Just, Here we are in 2021. Egon was always my favorite character because he was the quietest and yeah. he had just the best. Like, imagine this Twinkie represents all the psychokinetic energy in New York State in a normal state. Yeah. Imagine a yeah. Twinkie that's 35 feet long, weighing approximately 800 pounds. <laughs> it's like because he did that math in his head. <laughs> yeah, right. that's a big Twinkie. Yep. Well, the, about the Twinkie. I mean, the yep. classic comedic duo is is the straight man and the mm. clown, and he's yeah. clearly the straight man in this yes. movie. Like, he never says anything that's overtly funny. It's only like funny based on the context or like when you think about it afterwards. Oh, like, don't, yeah. oh don't cross the streams. Like, they set that part. That up. was ad libbed. Yeah. But well, the best part of it is it's so integral to the story at the end. Yeah. He's like, I just remembered something. Don't cross the streams. I'm. It would be bad. <laughs> I'm kind of fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. Would yeah. you ever? Yeah. Imagine every proton in your body exploding at the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, good safety tip. Don't cross the streams. Apparently, that was totally ad-libbed because they needed a way to take out Gozer. And so wow. they must have shot that scene first okay. because then they planted that scene you were just quoting from as foreshadowing later. Mm. Brilliant. So brilliant. Um, I am full of facts today because, oh, like, so good, I am man. the... So I realize what my students feel when I ask them to watch something and analyze it. Because I loved Ghostbusters. I still do. But watching it as, like, an analysis experiment made me like it less. Because, mm. well, because, you know, when you look too closely at anything, the center cannot hold. Everything falls apart and all that okay. crap that deconstructionists from the 2000s say. So, like, it's not as enjoyable when you look too closely. So it's my mission now to bring you back into the fold of yeah. pure, unadulterated love. Yeah. But I'll tell you. One of the things I loved about it is it took so it took 50,000 amps to light the scene against Gozer on the stage that Columbia had to shut down other productions because they needed electricity for that stage. That's pretty awesome. That was pretty cool. Mm, wow. I will say uh, one thing I in, you know, analyzing it more closely this time, 
I noticed things like gags that I never really paid attention to, like when they're coming up with the bill for taking out Slimer. Yeah. And Bill Murray's just completely making it up as he goes, now, let's see, it's going to be about fourth. He's he like, and you guys are holding the numbers up, up 4,000 yeah. for the entrapment. <laughs> and we're running a special on proton charging and storage, and that'll be about 1,000. Yep. Just little gestures and things going on in like the surrounding aspect of it. It's just yeah. you don't pick up on these things until you really look at it. And it's just, I don't know, I think it holds up. I think it's great. And- some of the funniest parts for me are the parts that I don't think are necessarily the classic bits to people you know who love them like or love the movie. Like I, I think I texted you guys this yesterday. Um, is a classic Bill Murray line. If anybody else said it, it's not even funny. But Bill Murray goes, you know, when she's telling him about the fridge, and he's like, he looks at her with all sincerity and says. That's not normal activity for a major appliance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the way Bill Murray says yes. that, I was I was yeah. dying. And that's a throwaway line. Oh, but, there's uh, so many of them. Yeah. I walk by a piano every time I go, they hate this. Yes. Or he opens the fridge, he goes, oh my God. Look at the junk food. I know. Eat this? Apparently, Sigourney Weaver had a fire in her apartment one time. Oh. And the firefighters came in and checked her fridge and were like, <laughs> you better call Ghostbusters. And oh. shut the fridge and walked out on her. And I'm like, oh, poor Sigourney. Yeah. She's interesting in that movie, too, because she yeah. comes off. She's perfect for the role. But she comes off as this almost like, what the fuck am I in? Yeah. She had just done Alien. Alien, yeah. And wanted to prove that she could do comedy. Yep. And so, I lightning round question later, she um, wanted the role because of that. She wanted to show that comedic side to her. I, she nails it. I mean, it would not be the same without Sigourney Weaver at no, all, no. or Annie Potts, or any of them. Even Ernie Hudson as Winston, who's basically like, I don't want to say he's a diversity hire, but he kind of comes off in that regard. But I, I love how how casually they handle that, too. Yeah. He comes in, and it's like, lady, there's a steady paycheck in it. I'll believe anything you say. And <laughs> Ray's like, you're hired. Boom! That's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And he's like, guys, I've only worked with these guys for a couple of weeks, but I have seen shit that'll turn you white. Like, his lines yeah. are fantastic. And yep. he gets the last word in the movie, too. The he character does. that he disappointed me it. in this film, um, just because I felt it was a waste of his talents, was Rick Moranis. Because Rick Moranis was fucking great. Yeah. And in this film, like, he's just so dweebish. But like, that's over him. The top. Yeah, but, I mean, even to, I mean, like... Even for Rick Moranis, it's it was too much. You know what I mean? Like it just I don't know. It just seems so so Poindexterish to the point of absurdity. Say, it felt know? like the nineteen eighties Poindexter character yeah. that like Breakfast Club had and uh, Sixteen Candles, but like all those right. movies had it. Though I wanted to get this in earlier, I was negative one when this film came out. Just gonna put that out there, Sean. Thanks, young one. Well, so that was the movie was nineteen eighty five, eighty four. 84, so you, okay, you were born in 85, all right, so yeah. I was two. Yeah. Anywho. I'd just like to get that at Sean, because he was, uh-huh. he was so yeah. full of himself there. <laughs> I'm the old, I'm, I, I, clearly, in my opinion, yeah. means more, because I'm wiser than that. Ah, uh, yes. Sure, yes. I, I so disagree. That's what we like to I tell think, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Moranis, he played tell the role. Tell us a story about. <laughs> <laughs> there was an onion tied to my belt. It was a style the time. The first time Sean saw Ghostbusters was right after his honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> they were in Niagara Falls. It was lovely. <laughs> Rick Moranis, he was, uh, that that was him, though. And you got to remember, yeah. it's a product of the 80s, so there were those stereotypes. But I think, again, they handle everything so casually. To me, it's not over the top. Yeah, he's a major dweeb. And the way Sigourney yeah. Weaver plays it off is like, oh, this guy just won't leave me alone. He keeps opening yeah. his door when I walk by. Uh, he's harmless. The concert, uh, was she a violinist or cellist? Cellist. Mm. The concert cellist didn't like the dweeb. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, that's that's a sign of how dweeby he was. But was this pre or post Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Pre, way pre. It was, yeah, that was early 90s, wasn't it? And it was also pre-Spaceballs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Spaceballs was late 80s. It was like 87-ish, yeah. This is around, uh, not Rocky Horror. And what's the other one? uh, Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that was around. Okay. He's a he's great. I know he like disappeared for Lost a while. Lost treasure. Where is he? He's been like taking care of his family. Yeah. I think oh. he got. He's kind of okay. sort of easing his way back in, but he uh, he's always been that sort of like schlub, right? Yeah. And that's been his that's been his thing. He's like the little schlub, and John Candy was always like the big fat schlub. And I also just also considered for a role. He was. He was. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have a whole list of people who were like considered and or. Written into the script and then just didn't have. They were all part of uh, what's that Canadian comedy troupe that feeds into Saturday Night Live? Like, uh, oh, I think it was Canadian Bacon, but that's no, not the comedy troupe. But they all came from the Toronto area. It was like the Second Citizen, Second City Kids, Second Citizens, whatever. Sure. And it was this like Aykroyd. Uh, I don't know 
about Bill Murray. Dan Aykroyd is an American, through and through. No, he isn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's an American treasure, though. But he's from Canada. A bunch of those guys came out of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Myers is one of them, you know, and they all kind of went to, from, I believe, Toronto to New York, <laughs> and they became part of the SNL thing and worked their way into the greater American zeitgeist. I don't mean this as a, like, major criticism, mind you. I just, I, I, if there was a character or an actor whose talents I thought were not, like, maximized in this movie, I think that's who I would pick. Rick Moranis is, you know, I, he's an incredibly talented actor. I, I say that almost solely based on Dark Helmet alone <laughs> and that performance, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but, I this mean. This was early in his it was. career. It was yeah, Dark right. Helmet. And this was not a, a well-thought-out, yeah. well-considered, strong conviction of mine. Mm-hmm. Nor a, a huge criticism of the movie, but uh, I just I was disappointed with his part because it, it it seemed very one note, you know, yeah. very one dimensional. Clearly, you've never seen his Ode to Canada that he starred in, I believe, with uh, who was it? Was it Dana Carvey or John Candy or somebody? And they, uh, it was like the you ever see the Cabat Labatt beer commercials when it's like put it in low, eh? Yeah, that's Rick Moranis in a movie. Was he's it a Strange Brew? Okay, that was it. You should watch that, and it'll really change your opinion of Rick Moranis. You'll be like, oh, okay. Oh, he's not that good? Then you'll go like, that Ghostbusters role is pretty good for him, actually. Yeah. All right. yeah. Strange brew. I there. mean, they did try to maximize some of his talents because his entire party scene was ad-libbed. That was just... That was cool Rick when he was Rick talking about how much he paid for, like, oh, the yeah. fucking caviar he's or whatever He's got some of the best This is stuff. Norwegian Herring yeah. or whatever. They got a, they got a business in receivership and yeah. they're drawing a salary <laughs> off of a deferral, <laughs> yeah, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but they're, so they're okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. Throws the underwear yeah. on the demon dog, yeah. shuts the door, or whatever it was. Okay, who brought the dog? My That was my son's favorite line, by the way. My son is five and when he said that and it was like that monster demon thing yeah. uh my son just was dying he thought that was the funniest thing and he was saying that the rest of the evening well, who brought the dog <laughs> like the yeah. part where he's got that restaurant in central park and he's trying yeah. to do oh, yeah. Yeah. that is tavern on the green is. that yes. is the restaurant yes. in central park they all ignore him because ah it's new york yeah, and he's whatever. a bum yeah. and then he's like getting taken up by the thing yeah. he's like slowly shrinking then he's going right back to their conversation <laughs> it's brilliant yeah. and see like when you back up and look at it from like five thousand feet, like we're talking about it now, it's great. It's the movie I remember. As I like analyzed it and stopped, I stopped too much mm. and watched too much because my next note is: so they have a cus- one customer, Sigourney Weaver, three pinball machines, <laughs> and totally figured out a procedure for active paranormal call with proton packs that have never been tested in the span of like how long? Okay, yeah. Now here again. <laughs> See, and this is where. English teachers kill things. I'm going to actively admit to that because I'm doing it to myself. The beauty of the movie is that there is no sense of time. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. There's no it like could be one month later. Yeah. They don't. We don't know. Yeah. All we know is that Ray mortgages his house three times to get the, the funding to make this work. They have stretched themselves to the yeah. max. They even have lines for that. This magnificent feast represents the last of the petty cash. And They're at the last dollar. Because there are three pinball machines. But how do you know they didn't have those before? They were all professors at NYU. They had money. It's not like they came into this with absolutely zero and built it up from the ground. Like you're saving it for me. All of the all the technology was something that they had said. We've worked on this. We have an idea. The theory is sound. We got the readings at the library. I think this is going to work. It's all there. Which, when you stare at just that, (laughs) when you're like, I got the readings in the library. This is going to happen. It falls apart, but when you back up again another ten feet, you're yeah. okay. Macro view. You yeah, gotta take a I macro know. view because it's so tight. The story is so tight that there is no there's no room for that kind of scalpel precision analysis like we're used to. And it's a comedy, so you right. really shouldn't in the first place. So I was telling Sean uh, during the break here that I feel I felt keenly watching this movie that it was a movie that definitely would benefit from multiple watches. I feel like my experience watching it the first time through was, you know, you're obviously paying attention to the plot. Yeah. And you're paying attention to the obvious gags. Um, But I feel like there's a lot of, you know, throwaway lines that you would only pick up, you know, if you had seen the movie multiple times. And, And those are sometimes the best comedies, honestly. Like, I mean, for me, and I know Sean's not a fan of the film, but Napoleon Dynamite is one of those. I fell asleep twice. The first time I saw that movie, I could not understand why people liked yeah. it. I was confused. The second time, I was like, you know, all right, I, there's some funny stuff here. 
Um, now I can quote that movie beginning to end. There is stuff in that movie, like deep, deep, deep lines that, you know, only because I've watched that movie 50 times. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this was one of those. This is one of those movies. And all the great comedies are that way. You know, the Naked yeah. Gun movies, the mm -hmm. Monty Python yeah. movies, the Airplane, um, yeah, Airplane, Airplane. Uh, Mel Brooks, you know, who we bring up mm -hmm. often. Um, you know, all those movies are movies that the more you see them, the more there is to unlock. And I felt that way about this one. It, it's almost like Kevin Costner's famed post-apocalyptic genre. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, beginning right. with Waterworld. Watch it. I mean... Yeah. You're like, oh shit, Tom Petty's in this one. <laughs> yeah, I was letting you finish your sentence. Right, there it is. But Tom Petty was in... That was a postman. A postman, yes. Whatever, yeah. Yes, but I don't think that was the reference you're supposed to make anyway. <laughs> no. It's not. It's, a, it's another crooner with an odd voice. We'll let him get to it. Yeah, I got to figure out a way to work that one. Yeah. I'm still You'll working. get there. Let me think about it. You'll get there. <laughs> it's funny, as you reference like Tom Petty in the text thread for the cast no. like, yeah. repeatedly, and that was impressive. <laughs> Mike like went on a tear. Including multiple well, songs. Well, you know, Tom film. Petty is. Um, I I, li I like music very much. You know, just uh, as much as I love movies and literature, music's a huge part of my life. I like old music. I like new music. I like all genres. Um, but Tom Petty is. is I. I uh, he's always been my favorite. He's the one. Wildflowers okay. came out when I was, I think, twelve years old, maybe. Mm. And uh, you know, I still remember that that album was like the first one that like really struck me as like oh i get this shit and yeah. i was really into it he's infinitely um, listenable he really is yeah. you know he was a master yep. that one i agree with and like i know his voice is not the standard like singer songwriter voice or whatever but mm. more so than dylan i can get You're right. his lyrics and maybe it's because i was introduced to him first and more than dylan yeah Kind of the, the same phenomenon where you're talking about the Ghostbusters. And yeah. they are completely different, Petty totally. and Dylan. Uh, yeah. Petty's, you know, songs are very singable. Dylan's are not. Petty's lyrics are very accessible. Dylan's yeah. are very surrealist. Maybe Petty's voice is unconventional, but it's like, you know, it's in key, whereas Dylan's yeah. is not, you know? Yeah. Uh, Petty's voice is like a falsetto in key for a lot it's very heroic that's yeah. the best word yeah. I can think of to describe sure. Tom Petty's voice. When he sings, you know, his songs, he sounds heroic. So it sounds like um, Ghostbusters overall, Sean's a yes. I think, <laughs> I think Sean's a yes. I don't think yes is affirmative enough. Sean, Sean's you said, I'm curious if I can ask a question. You said it's it's your top five movies of all time. Absolutely. Does that mean it's your top comedy? Like number one comedy? It's up you there say, with or? like Young Frankenstein. Great one. Um, you know, there's a lot of really amazing comedies, and that's a hard genre. Yep. But what's brilliant about Ghostbusters, which I think puts it up in that pantheon, is that it's a sci-fi horror comedy, mm. which is not easy to pull mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. Many have tried, many have failed, mm -hmm. and Ghostbusters succeeds wildly right. because of all of the diverse things. It's just, again, lightning in a bottle. It yeah. came together at the right time with the right people. You can't make that movie again. They've tried and failed miserably. We already talked about that miserable attempt at a reboot. It's <laughs> just... It's bad. They can't do it again. I didn't think it was bad. You know what's funny, too? I was thinking about it. Like, that raises it to me to another level. But another thing about it is I always watch that movie going, like, you know, man, I would love to live in New York. New York City is a character in this movie, and it's a great character. That movie, in an hour and a half, does so much more for the city than that book we read recently yeah. there, yep. trying to, like, a love letter <laughs> to New York, True. which fails on right. all fronts. Right. This movie... Barely even trying makes me go like, man, fuck, New York looks awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like just, and I was there a couple of years ago and I went to see the the firehouse where they filmed it. That's and they've cool. got the Ghostbusters yeah. sign inside, the, the number two one. Yeah. Like my kids and I are standing out front, we're taking pictures, they're loving it, I'm loving it. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, I'm in front of the freaking Ghostbusters firehouse. Still an active firehouse. Right? It is. Yeah. It is, absolutely. The interior was a, a firehouse in San Francisco. I think on the West Coast, or maybe mm -hmm. a soundstage, but I yeah. know the outside is yeah. straight New York City. You know, it's funny you say like horror comedy is hard to pull off. I think prior to streaming, horror comedy was harder to pull off in this sort of like culturally important way. Because mm. I just did a quick like horror comedy search as we're talking, and there are so many films that I've seen mm -hmm. that I love as horror comedy. But I don't know that I could quote to another human being like Ghostbusters and somebody could pick up the next line like, 
Dead and Breakfast. Fucking top five film for me. Mm. I don't care that nobody else knows it. It doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't matter. Uh, horror comedy. Also horror comedy musical. Mm. But anyways. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just flicking through the list here like Warm Bodies. Not a great book. Funny movie. Zombie film. Is, is this on your list? The uh, Evil Dead series? Yes. Oh, yes, it is. That, that's a All great three one. of them. Those are good. That and that, good and that's another one that it succeeds in that rarefied error. Yeah. Not nearly as successfully as Ghostbusters does, no. but it has a cult following. It, it, it's because it's, it's more... It's got a musical. <laughs> Evil Dead does? Evil Dead has a musical. No shit. Yeah. Evil Dead is so... Like, it's so... The, Ghostbusters has that more universal appeal. Uh, Evil Dead is, is far more... Like, the number of people that are interested in a movie like that is far slimmer. But for those sure, people, sure. which I count myself among... Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think those movies are... Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I don't think I've ever seen the first one or the second it's one. much more like... There's one of the... Don't watch the second e- one. Army of Darkness is the evil comedy. Army, Army yes. of Darkness is the one that I've seen a thousand times. That's when they went that the comedic way. They're yeah. like, they we're going to they, just embrace the campy. Yes. Exactly. Bruce um, Campbell's brilliant. Man. What? Uh, there's the one, though, where the, he goes to like a cabin in the woods, which is that's, that's the, the first one. one. That's the first, first one. So I've seen that one. Multi- yeah. I think I've seen that one twice. He fights, talks, cuts his hand off. He's yes. fighting himself. Yeah. I own that. It's over our shoulders. Oh, those movies are What else is on the list? Zombievers. Uh, I've seen it. It's not. It's not. It's not great. Ghostbusters. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Oh, that. It's not Ghostbusters. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. It's not Ghostbusters. No, now, I know that's the thing. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies was interesting. Yes. Was interesting as a book. I remember. I didn't read the whole thing because you'd have to actually want to read Pride and Prejudice. You should ask a go- or ask one of our coworkers what uh, she might think of that. But but the, it's actually my wife's favorite book. If not you, Zombies, but Pride and Prejudice. The, the book is genius. I mean, the, yeah. the idea behind it was genius. It's literally the text of Pride and Prejudice yep. with just key insertions that, like, uh, create this entire zombie subplot. Yeah. And, like, you know, the one that I don't remember much of it because I read it years ago, but the one scene that just stood out to me and I was dying was there's that famous scene where... Um, Who's the, the, the female character protagonist in that book? Jane. So Jane is walking from, like, where she lives to, like, where Mr. Darcy lives. And that's, like, a famous scene in the book. The main character and in the Jane Austen novel is Jane. Is it Jane? I don't... That doesn't sound right that to me. Maybe it doesn't I'm wrong. sound right to me either. I could be wrong. But so. anyway, she's walking, and so in the middle of this famous scene, the author inserts this, like, moment where these zombies, like, crawl out of the bush and attack her. And fortunately, she's been trained by her father, as all her sisters have in the in the fighting the dark arts. But it's very classist because <laughs> they went to China, not Japan. Something like that, yeah. It's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, that's Sorry. right. Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. Sorry. And then so she, like, decapitates these zombies. And then, uh, I'll always remember this line, she then let her war cry be heard for hundreds of yards in every direction. Yeah. And then she then it really goes back to Jane Austen's writing and she proceeds along and finishes her walk to Mr. Darcy's. Yeah. I just thought that shit was brilliant. The movie I never saw. There so it does insert that plot line of the like bridge cuz I recently rewatched this actually with my wife. The bridge like inner London, outer London and they have like the separated lane in between mm-hmm. with a bridge and there's one bridge left that they have to blow up. And like <laughs> of course Darcy and Elizabeth are you know, going to get Elizabeth's sister yeah. um, because she's on, like, the, I forget, inner, outer, whatever. And they have to go get her, but they're going to blow up the bridge because the yeah. zombies are coming. Right. Sort of thing. <laughs> that shit was brilliant. It, honestly, I really do appreciate it, but still not Ghostbusters. I get you. Hmm. How about, all right, I'm going to lay this one at the feet of Sean because, really, he's the one we have to convince here. Mm-hmm. The wiser elder statesman. <laughs> Zombieland. With Bill Murray, oh, by the way. okay. With Bill Murray. Okay. Zombieland. Cult favorite. All right. I'm gonna Rule put number z- one. Limber up. I'm going to put Zombieland, Zombieland in my top 20 movies of all time. That's impressive. It's fantastic. It is fucking it's fantastic. It's watchable. And I'm not a kind of person that loves to rewatch movies because I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. But I put that on my... I would watch it again and again. I own both. Because it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Not just for Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson, who's incredible. <sighs> But in a small way, it sort of does take what Ghostbusters kind of did, and it takes the zombie genre, and it just sort of nonchalants it. And I think, I know that's not a verb, but that's the best thing that Ghostbusters does with the whole paranormal and the sci-fi and the horror. It just makes it so nonchalant, and it's all from their dry delivery. And Murray encapsulates all of that 
with like those like you said the line like right that's that's really odd for a major appliance <laughs> or you know just yeah. like uh, like when she's like possessed by zool yeah and he's just sitting there and she's like why don't you inside me and he's just that like, line oh. i was like oh my god i can't believe they just said that in a pg-13 film and then he goes PG. he says pg i looked it up it's yes PG. and then he, it's before pg-13 yeah. and he goes Oh, I shouldn't. Oh, but and he's, then he's like, oh, sounds like you've already got too many yeah. people in there. And it's like, it's, she sees above her covers, four feet above her covers. She barks. She drools. She's a dog. You know, like yeah. his yeah. delivery or like yeah. the cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Or like, yeah. oh, my favorite line in the whole movie when it's like, oh, if it wasn't ridiculous over yeah, here. Is this yeah. all true? It's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> his delivery is what good. really yeah. elevates the movie to me. And it's like. They do that with Woody Harrelson's character in Zombieland, and you they know, do. and to an extent, yeah. what's his name there, uh, Michael Sarah, I think it is, or is it yeah, the other guy that's Michael Sarah. And he's just—they're just so matter of fact about the world that they live in, and I think that is brilliant. That's the secret recipe to make these things work. Deadpan is the key to American humor. Yeah, it really. really well, that and British humor, apparently. Well, yeah. Well, all right. So, shall we get? So, Sean's a yes. I'm a yes. I'm a yes. Like, oh, right. absolutely. Yes. Right. I, I have said yes. from the beginning that I enjoyed the movie. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say I appreciate it nearly as much as you gentlemen. I think that's only because I'm seeing it for the first time in 2021. I think that's the only difference. Honestly, if I had seen it many years ago and seen it many okay. times since and talked about it with people over and over again, I'm sure I would like it better. Mm-hmm. You I, owned all the merchandise and watched the shows and said, you know, yes. had no friends <laughs> and had nothing had, else to do. If that like had I been did. my path, yeah. it wasn't. Um, I got one more case to make, though, before you move on to your okay. next step. Yeah, I got the lightning round. Just, just up, so. exemplifies how next level all the thinking was on this film. The scene where she's in her kitchen unloading her groceries mm-hmm. is something I never noticed until I was an adult. She pulls out a bag of stay puffed marshmallows which is oh, not yeah. a real okay. brand. It's a plant yeah and i never knew that yeah. and i look closely i'm like holy shit those are stay puffed marshmallows and it sets you up for the fact that they exist in this world later with the right. stay puffed marshmallow man. one of the things I, I was thinking about as i was watching the movie you know one of the one of the things that makes a movie great as opposed to just good is does it have iconic imagery in it to the point to the extent where maybe you haven't seen the movie like myself and you still know these things because they've become ingrained in the pop culture. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, um, you know, their home base being in a fire hall, yeah. that Ecto like one. fucking police car thing that they Ecto drive one. around the Ecto whole time. Yeah. You know, these these things are iconic. They yeah. elevate the movie from just like, it's one of those things where if you had read the script, like the lines would be funny. But when you, like, see the imagery, it, like, sells the movie on another level. And those things, like Star Wars and lightsabers, have become Mm, ingrained in our pop culture. Never saw the movie, knew all those things. So much so that Ecto-1 is making a comeback in Afterlife. Mm. And Lego has re-released a... their their creator series, which is, like, the high-end, like, adult series of Ecto-1. And it's, like, 200 it's so iconic that they use that as just a quick sizzle reel to sell the new movie coming out it was just that car decrepit under a wrap in a barn and you're like fuck i know immediately what's going on this is ghostbusters and you're like you're along for the ride instantaneously (laughs) i would love to see not maybe a full cast but what you think about two because there is a ghostbusters two and i think i remember more of that actually than ghostbusters one interesting which I don't know why. Maybe it just could have been like my family had access to HBO at that time, and mm. so it got played more at my that house be, because yeah. I never saw these in the theaters. I saw these on TV and stole them via VCR as I did all the Star Wars films for that brief <laughs> period of time when we had premium cable. So, If my memory is correct on that one, it was like the proverbial, they dumped a boatload load of cash on yeah. Ramis and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, Aykroyd's desk saying, please make another one because it did so well. Murray was extremely reluctant, and he's been extremely reluctant because he realizes that they were never going to do it again. Yeah, yeah like that, that was magic. Right, exactly. It just came together perfectly, and he's the savvy one who was like, oh, I don't want to torpedo my career and ruin what we did. They came back with it. It was okay. It's not, when you hold up to the original, it is absolutely not nearly as good. Yeah, it's not the same. I want to make one more point here before we get to the lightning round, mm-hmm. um, which which I feel may be controversial, and, and, and therefore I'm going to get ready to leap from my seat quickly if necessary. Yeah. But when I think of this era of comedy, and I think specifically of like the SNL comedies that came out, 
I would put this behind Blues Brothers. I would put this behind uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. What are your thoughts on that? Am I completely off base here? Well, or You just named two fantastic comedies. Great, Absolutely. great comedies. And Blues Brothers is one of my all-time favorite movies as well. Yeah. But I um, I still put Ghostbusters ahead of mine. So I'm not in imminent physical danger here, no. is what you're saying. Okay, no, well, I, you, right. you, didn't, you didn't say something like Porky's. You know, it's like fast times at Ridgemont High. Well, that's got the Phoebe Cates scene. Well, yeah, but that's literally all it's got. Yeah. But um, no, it's... Um, those are great movies in their own right, and they exist, especially Blues Brothers. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a Steve Martin vehicle, and it's fantastic for that. It but is a great movie. If you're talking SNL alum character kind of thing, Caddyshack. Blues Brothers is fantastic. Caddyshack, I think, is overrated. Personally. I haven't seen Caddyshack in many years. It's, Same here. It's overrated. It, but um, I, I still think Ghostbusters, if you watch them all back-to-back, you'd go, that's the tighter story. That's yep. the better narrative. Okay. Yeah. I think cool. it speaks to being a procrastinator and only having a short, short amount of time yeah. to get shit done. Because really, twelve months to make a movie is tight as hell. Oh, when you to have get it on the, the script, yeah. yeah, there are stories where like they did the the test screening, yeah. um, in New York, and like you could still see wires mm-hmm. in like some of the action shots where they're dangling stuff mm-hmm. because it was that tight and the audience still loved it. Like they like. Cringed at one moment, specifically like the librarian when she gets all nasty. But those mm-hmm. effects still hold up, which they is do. incredible. Because one of my notes was, how did they make the books float so seamlessly? And how did they do the library card catalog? And I have librarian friends, and I'm like, oh my god, they would cringe seeing the card catalog oh, yeah. explode like that. Turns out it's just a copper pipe with air and through it. Yeah, no, but the, it was brilliant. Like It's just the way that they put all the effects together and everything on a budget. Everything on a, on a deadline. It's like, why don't I just give my students two days to write a five-page paper? Yeah. Because I'll get better get work than if I gave them right. three weeks. Yeah. Right. You know? They'll do it in two days, no matter how many days you give exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Sean and I were talking yeah. during the break about these kind of films and how sometimes the best films come out this way. We mentioned Rocky one. Mm, uh, I didn't realize that was so quick. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I think I think it was done in three or four months. Yeah. They took a real um, risk because very small was unknown budget. at yeah. that time. And uh, Sean mentioned the most obvious one, I think, is A New Hope. You know, mm-hmm. which was not expected to be a blockbuster, you know, and that ended up blowing the world up. Um, yeah, Lucas basically cashed in any Hollywood credit he had to make that movie yeah. with his, his connections to Spielberg and burned all his right. capital. Yeah. Wow! But it worked. Well, in the spirit of Fast and Furious things, let's go lightning round. We already answered one by saying, uh, you know, Jim Belushi was supposed to play Vankman, and they paid respects to Jim Belushi by making an effigy of him in Slimer. But Which is well, okay. The character, loving, the character he played in National Lampoon's Animal House, right. gorging himself—that's yeah. yes. donut and stuff. But I gotta say, if you imagine Belushi in that role, this movie is not nearly as successful. I've never, uh, I've never seen Animal House. <laughs> Patreon, it's okay, right there. It's All right, okay. who? Uh, you each get a, a go at this. Who auditioned by wordlessly transforming into the Gozer Demon Dog? Sigourney Weaver. Mike. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, you're both right. <laughs> Pick a better 1980s ghost movie. Pick a better one? Yeah. You can't. Uh, doesn't have to be comedy. Can I just say, oh, can you say pick a different uh, 1980s pick ghost movie? Pick a different movie? ghost movie. Okay, The Shining. The Shining! Um, hang on. I'm already it. hand over dinger. No, um, Poltergeist. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> Poltergeist is influential in my love of movies. Who would have played a better Ghostbuster? So, replace one of the three. Give me a name. Oh, shit. Name names. Uh, the one I could do without, and this is not a criticism to his role, um, or to his performance, yeah. uh, b- but would be Dan Aykroyd. I mean, Bill Murray has to be. Who's the other guy? Uh, we've already talked about Harold him. Ramis. Like he was R. fucking R. perfect. I feel like Dan Aykroyd's character, again, not a re- reflection of the performance, but I feel like his character, you could have someone else do that part, and Maybe. it, would, it R- would be okay still. It's hard for me to imagine anybody because yeah. Aykroyd, we know I mean, yeah. in real life, right. I know, is super into this baby. stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah his man. family has a long history of ghost uh-huh. and paranormal investigation, so much so that his great-grandfather was a spiritualist yeah. in the American spiritualist movement in whatever oh, that shit. was. Yeah. Absolutely. It's he grew up with like, books from his grandfather in his house about ghosts and shit. Do you mean like contemporary actors or any time? I'll go either. Oh, God. I'm going to give you a list of people who were considered for roles. Oh, you want us to actually replace the actor? Sure, replace the actor. Oh. I mean, Um, I could get rid of the actor. (laughs) 
I think Sigourney Weaver probably could have, her character could have been played by another strong woman role, but... Molly Ringwald. No, I'm just no, kidding. God I'm God kidding! No. I'm kidding! I like Molly Ringwald in anything in the 80s that she was in, but I would not put her in another movie. I can't I can't think of anybody that would... That, I, I'm sorry, but that cast is so perfect in my head that yeah. I can't. It's pretty tight. Yeah. That, that would be tough. Yeah. You know, it really is just a matter of luck because Chevy, Chevy Chase was considered. He Michael Keaton... Ooh. Eddie Murphy, Jim Wait a Belushi. Second. Stop for a second. Yeah. Eddie Murphy would have been. Michael Keaton is good in everything. Yeah, Michael Keaton is fucking. Talk oh, about I a guy that. like we talked before about Bill Murray delivery. <clears throat> Michael yeah. Keaton is a guy too. Like man, his delivery of shit is just. And I've I've only mm. seen him in so many movies. Well, did he do anything outside of the eighties and early nineties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, like I lost track of him. He was fucking brilliant in the twenty first century in the other guys with uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Birdman and Birdman and also uh, going back to the nineties. But uh, what was that Tarantino film? Jackie Brown. Michael yeah. Keaton plays one of the the cops wow. in that movie. He always comes up. He was considered. He's he's great, and I think. If anything, he could have done the Murray role, but it still it wouldn't have been as good of a movie because Bill Murray is the heart of that movie. Yeah, yeah. you need uh, yeah. Bill Murray's I'm really irreplaceable. Glad. Yeah. I'm not glad Jim Belushi died. I'm glad he didn't play the role. Right. But he only didn't play the role because he died. Hmm. Which so is like, kind of, you know, it sucks that it worked out that way in history, but it worked out <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. Let's see, let's see, let's oh, see. Oh, God, Chevy Chase would have completely dragged oh, that whole thing. Honestly, Chevy Chase is fucking awful. I like him in the movies from National Lampoon. That's the only, he can only like play that character. Else. That's it. Even that, I, I don't, and this may be another controversial opinion Clark. for you 80s lovers. Not a fan of, of Christmas Vacation, really. <laughs> I, that movie, I mean, it's it's a long series of like, oh, look, Chevy Chase hurt himself again. Yeah. I mean that's that's the point. Yeah, it's not yeah. that funny to me. I don't know. I I I'm not a Chevy Chase fan. I just he his humor is all of that like slapstick, fall down, yeah. get slapped in the face. Like it it's not. Funny well, he made to his me. name for himself playing Gerald Ford falling off of a ladder, yeah. putting a star I, on. Well, a tree. that's what that I mean. He's a, he's a tumbler. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. his thing. That's what they call that in the comedy business. Yeah. I associated with that with specifically Christmas Vacation because yeah. the lack of decorum and awareness of your surroundings is essentially my biological family <laughs> not my current nuclear family they are full of grace intact and jackie yeah. onassis like style nice but my family prior to that would cook a turkey like that and be like no you got to eat this shit now yeah. so like that's where i associated that's with funny. it yeah i um, think you have to have you have to have a quirky family like yeah. that to really get it yeah. yeah uh what iconic character is not actually named in the movie slimer fuck you got that fast Where's my thing? Slimer's never named. You know, it's it's funny because when you guys were talking about that character before, I was going to ask if that was the green uh, He's called ghost. a repeating uh, vaporous phantasm or something. Something, yeah. Something. But they, then as you were talking, I was able to gather name. that that's who you meant. So. By yeah. the way, it, the Did name see... Slimer is said in the film, though. When Aykroyd is talking to uh, Winston there about what he's doing, and he's like, ah, oh, you got your basic phantom repeaters, Slimer's. And that, that's where the name stuck oh, from, because he just said randomly, yeah. but he didn't mean it to that particular one. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, same question. What other important term is not said until the second film, but they use it all the time? Not proton pack. Like, yeah, it is proton pack. Jesus. Mm. I'm sorry, Mike, that was not fair. Sean hasn't missed one yet. Yeah, <laughs> proton pack was not used until the second movie, and then gets famously butchered in the 2016 reboot, because they do all those other proton toys. I do like the proton fist, though. The, the fist is kind of cool. And the whips. The whips are cool. Stop it. Stop it. Sean is trying to murder me yeah. with his eyes. So I didn't think it was that bad. Terrible. And there were so many nice homages to the 1984 Only in because the they had to. Fuck you, 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters. Let's, there it is. Uh, there you go. There's the fuck you. There's Sean's epic fuck you. I have not done any research to find out why it was so poor. To be fair to them. To be fair. All Again, right. a great cast got wasted. Yeah, unfortunately. That is the end of the lightning round, which was solely Sean-based. Yeah, I could have answered these after research, Mike. Don't. Don't take it to heart. That's really fun. out of myself as a major dork of this whole Stan. group. Stan. <laughs> Um, so I feel like we've put a fine point on this one. Yeah, nice. I, I still stand by it, man. You guys did not tell me otherwise, and I hope I convinced you to give the movie a movie a second watch and and to think about it not so much in a in a microcosm of like scene by scene, but as a full complete picture. 
it is one of the most perfect movies ever made. Well, I think the the best comparison you made was comparing it to Back to the Future 1, mm-hmm. just in terms of like a tight narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's there's not like any scenes there that like could be different. There's no wasted dialogue. Um, you know, beginning to end, it is just it's good storytelling. Yeah. Uh, High praise. Thanks. Yeah, I was a stand at the beginning and I kind of dipped in the middle but i'm back <laughs> all right now. mission accomplished yeah that's right all right so uh, you may have noticed that in the previous cast we were pitching dune but we kind of underestimated how big a fucking book dune is holy shit holy shit yeah. i finished it and i'm glad i did me too that's gonna be the next cast i think so long as we're on schedule but yeah. we're the bosses here so we change schedule yeah that's, that's i was true. literally <laughs> reading dune on the beach surrounded by dunes, dunes. yeah <laughs> i was reading yeah. dune in Salem, like for hours at a time on vacation to make sure that I got it done because yep. it's great, but big as hell. Yep. So you yep. may have noticed that we didn't do that next, but uh, as of right now, it's still coming up in September. We'll That's give you guys a head start. Start reading Dune now because we're going to yep. have a lot to say about it. And the uh, Denis Villeneuve movie comes out in October? It comes out in October. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to find so... the shitty movies beforehand and all the yeah. those. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the shitty movies is uh, David Lynch, yeah. who is a fucking great yeah. director. Yeah, but Dune but is one of those. didn't work. It's, no. it's like Custer's last, what is that, like uh, the hill that he's, whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like yeah. the insurmountable obstacle. Right. Like Everyone's yeah. like, oh, I can do Dune. Right. And they do it and it's like, fuck, that but sucks. But until someone does it, because yeah. that's what they said about Lord of the Rings. True. Yeah, and true. Then, you can go to Arrakis, but until you remember that water is everything, that moisture yeah. is everything. I've seen the previews, though, and it looks fucking great. It looks great. The, the previews, the there's, I think, two of them out, and, yeah. and they, I mean, I mean, I, I say this as I think Villeneuve is, like, the greatest director working today. Agreed. And that's my opinion. I'm, I'm a fanboy of his movies. I love them all. I agree with you completely. Um, and, uh, but having gotten that out of the way, the, the trailers, they look like classic uh, Denis Villeneuve, and uh, the movie looks like, again, what can you tell from a trailer? I don't know, but yeah. it looks really and good. I love anything Zendaya is in. <laughs> I was going to say Jason Momoa. I've become a Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah, Momoa is awesome, too. Yeah, that's right. So, all right, we'll see you in September for that. In the meantime, uh, pick up Ghostbusters 2. Maybe right? you'll want to listen to somebody, a particular artist <laughs> that you might enjoy. That's what his right. name be, Mike? I don't know. Well, um, unfortunately, artist in question um, has recently been accused of uh, doing something not so nice in the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. I never I heard saw this. that. He, he this got just happened. Uh, it it oh. is, um, you know, 50 some years on, and yeah. it is also, you know, there's some question about whether he was even in the country when this supposedly happened. But, uh, but yeah, it's oh a little, gosh. little sensitive at the moment. Okay, well, maybe we can find a new reference for Mike to make that. We, we could switch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Find something else. But well, in the okay. meantime, well, on, that, uh, on that note, yeah. <laughs> keep reading, stay awkward, stay nerdy. We will see you in September for Dune, everybody. Dune up. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.